0: congregation of jesus christ we are uh, looking at the story of david and goliath this morning to read through it again too we think we know it and indeed yeah we know it as one of the more familiar stories a favorite of many but again too just to read through it i'm sure various things struck you again too about that account the focus of this word of uh, to us today is that sense of defeating giants in god's strength and we see here too that the focus is not specifically on goliath or even david but on bringing god bringing the victory through those who trust in him through faith so we want to reflect on that this morning too as we are those people of God, too, whom God watches over and protects. I wanted just to highlight aspects of the story in, in one particular way. The story makes uh, it very plain. There is the contrast between the bigness of Goliath and the smallness of David. And that comes through everywhere, the strength of Goliath, the weakness of David. And that sense, too, that we as as people who often feel weak and helpless in, in different situations in our lives and even in our faith, yet our strength is the Lord. And so when these strong threats come, we need not be afraid. So the stress is on the bigness of Goliath in contrast to the smallness of David. So we have an example, the many pictures that are drawn. Goliath is so big. You see that overall in the account in 1 Samuel 17, the Philistines have been a big threat to Israel over many years. They were a a coastal people, a sea-dwelling people, and they would gather from all around the Mediterranean. If they wanted to move in a particular area, they would draw people from far away, and they would all come and sail in and then fight, and then they would be victorious. And it was a constant threat to Israel over the years. That then gets personified in Goliath, a huge threat. And so all the description about him, beginning with the fact that he is a giant, and in the Bible there have been other giants, Nephilim, back in the days of the judges. And when Joshua enters the promised land, there are giants they have to defeat. And when the spies go in and see the giants and then say, we cannot defeat them. And so that threat comes to focus here in Goliath. Uh, A very large threat. And then all of his weapons and his armor, big, heavy. Everything is just massively threatening. The spear, the shield, and the fact that Goliath is very well trained. There is is just no end of of how impossible it is for anyone to stand against this threat. Even his voice, verse 8 threatening and intimidating, shouting across the valley, defying the army, not of God. But it says specifically in verse 8, the army of Saul. So God is not in view in Goliath's understanding of things. He is just threatening and fighting against other people whom he can easily defeat. So that reality of how big a threat So Israel has no chance, and they feel that. Nothing can defeat Goliath, can defeat these Philistines. Then the second emphasis in the story is is David, but in his smallness. Always small. Verse 12, an insignificant town. Family, Jesse's family, small and insignificant. Verse 14, he's the youngest most insignificant in the family. Verse 15, he's no warrior. He's an errand boy. He's a shepherd boy. And verse 22 to 28, as Marcella read it too, he's, he, he's just a punk kid. He's, he's not listening. And People tell him what's going on, and he's not listening, and he talks to somebody else again. And He's foolish. He's, he's, he's just pesky. And so his brother says. Settle down. It's, it's nothing of significance here, nothing of greatness. And Saul, in verse 33, assesses him as indeed. He is just a boy, just a boy. And so that sense of being untrained, no armor, coming with the most pitiful weapon that, that could be imagined, a sling and a stone, compared to all that huge armor and weapons, so it's the smallness and the weakness compared to the bigness and the strength that we have before us. The very strongest among all of the Philistines is pitted against the very weakest in Israel. Goliath states it himself in verse 42 when he, he looks at David and he says "To this is ridiculous. They are sending a boy. And so that, that reality is there. The story, though, is about David being weak and small against this mighty man of war. But David is a mighty person of faith in God. That's, that's what keeps coming through in relation to David. And so it says, too, in verse 26, he says, too, uh, oh, wait, verse 42. Yeah, Goliath looked at David saw his only boy. Verse 26 of 1 Samuel 17, uh, David asks, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So, So God is brought in. It's not the armies of Saul that are being discussed here. This is... This is the armies of the living God. This is, is big. And then the sense of, of Saul's words in verse 37. Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. Saul is getting it a little bit. Where might hope lie? Where might strength lie? Well, with the Lord. And so Saul's words are even prophetic in that sense. And then that reality, too as david comes against goliath the the beautiful verses 45 and 47 where where david confronts goliath with that truth that goliath is not just fighting people here he is challenging god you come against me with sword and spear and javelin but i come against you in the name of the lord almighty the god of the armies of israel all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the lord saves For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Goliath makes it clear. And and he compares, or sorry, David makes it clear. And he compares Goliath, big and strong, to God. Big and strong. And compared to God, Goliath is small and weak. David speaks to Goliath. About God. He uses the great name of God, Jehovah. The God that the people of Israel would know was the God who delivered them from Egypt, who brought them out against Pharaoh and all his host. Jehovah God, the experienced warrior, the champion God. That's whom Goliath is fighting. The great God will defeat a very small Goliath. And that's, that's proved so clearly in the actual account of the battle. If you had to make this story into a movie, if you were charged with that responsibility, then very likely, you and I, if we had to sit down and think about that, wow, we could do it up a little better than here. David has five stones. Imagine if he is throwing the first one and he just missed. Oh. And he throws a second one and Goliath blocks it with his shield. And he throws a third one and it hits the helmet, bounces off. He throws a fourth one, he misses again. Down to the last one. Zoom in on David. Zoom up to Goliath. David running around finally, fifth stone, yes, kills him. That's not how it goes. That's our sense of, boy, we better add a little more to this, right? But the point, the point is very, very brief, very, very simple. The Philistine moves closer. David is actually running towards him. So it's harder perhaps to aim and hit. And David lets the stone fly, the first stone, smallest stone. Done. Goliath is down. And indeed, the suggestion is that he's dead. He is knocked out and dead. Don't even have to cut off his head. He is dead. He is done. One stone. Boom. Just like that. Why? Why is that a huge, huge giant? Because, because he's really just very, very small. Very small. And you take a very small stone, and God clunks him on the head. He's gone. God is the great, powerful, huge, mighty one in whom we can trust. There's not a whole lot of drama here. There's not a whole lot of, oh, if, if, if. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can trust him. Maybe he will help. Maybe he can do something. Takes care of it. Boom, done, right away. The greatness of God is revealed. God is so much bigger, so much more powerful to anything that is threatening and that we might find threatening too. So the point of the story is, David, David brings a full trust in God, in his weakness, and that strength of God, the power of God, delivers him beautifully. So that that is the, the point, and to see that brings us into the power of God, and as we read this story, we have to also then recognize God continues to work that way. And the story of David and Goliath brings us to, okay, how does God continue to do that? How has God continued to work that out in this world and in our lives? And then we have a picture of a very, very weak and very small and somewhat insignificant Jesus who comes into the world Fight against sin and death. Everyone dies, huge, powerful, and sin. Everyone struggles. And how is that going to be that giant that is destroying us and the world? How does anyone stand against that that giant that shouts at us, curse God? You're lost and weak, humble Jesus. That is repeated as Jesus comes trusting in the Father, offering himself, giving his life, overcoming the power of sin and death on the cross so that we have a victory like it says here. David was victorious. Jesus is victorious in his death and resurrection as the son of david as the son of god this is the mighty hope of salvation that we have today we have god coming in jesus when all seemed lost and giving us life and hope and the assurance of the gospel so that's That's what we share as believers and as church. And the story of David and Goliath brings us into the story of Jesus and his victory over sin on the cross. And so that's why we always have that at the center of our faith. Take hold of that. Be strong in that. And the confidence of that is what we see even here this morning in the baptism of Parker. Parker, weak Helpless child. So what is going to come of Parker? His life. Oh, we're not sure. We trust, though, in God. And so you think, too, what, what is, is the hope, the strength, the assurance that we have? And Kurt and Amy put their hope in Jesus, in the power of God, in the assurance that God will bring this child to a physical strength, and to a spiritual strength. That's where our hope lies. And the sign of baptism to a weak and and, and helpless child gives that sense of our weakness taking hold of God's strength. And what a comfort, what an assurance that is, that we can have that. And I think, too, even as Parker grows, David and Goliath is probably going to become one of his favorite stories. And that's good. And on top of that, the joy of Jesus as his Lord and Savior will become the center of his heart. That's our trust, our hope, our prayer. Our mighty God in love, caring also for him. One final thing is that this picture also flows quite practically into more uh, areas of our lives where we can feel that we are being attacked in our weakness uh, by giants in our lives. And that's often how this passage is used, and it's a good way that it's used as well. That uh, as we go forward in life, having faith, absolutely, having Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but that we, we come up against giants that still threaten us, struggles in our lives where we feel weak and helpless, and that, that we would be tempted as well, even as the Israelites were too, to say, well, God can't help us, and to just tremble in fear. And those are often uh, given names, those particular giants. One is often illness, where you you in your life encounter illness. And we have folks in our fellowship who know about that. And it's an illness that that stays and that that is difficult and is painful and is and it's a giant thing in life and it affects life and daily life and it affects work and it affects family and and it threatens faith you say god where are you have you abandoned me and i'm defeated and that reality is a very strong reality it can be a a, a gigantic attack that can take all of our mind and all of our focus is is this illness. And and it's remarkable in the account of of David, he doesn't go on in any detail about Goliath. How big is he, how much armor does he have. David doesn't make any point of that at all. He just goes on about God is my hope, God is my strength, God will protect me. And so so in in addressing that giant too, to to have God at the center, to take hold of the strength of God, even even in that reality of struggling and that that peace, that hope, that strength is there. And so to take hold of that, the giant is not everything. Jesus is everything. So that is a wonderful comfort. There is in the area of addiction, those who struggle with alcohol or drug. Smoking, eating disorder, gambling. There are addictions that can take over our lives and become very central, very damaging, big, threatening. Again, too, those can be defeated in the power of Jesus. To stand against. And I know, too, some of the the treatment centers, uh, Steve, you work there, and there are definite ways to stand against. Come into healing and wholeness and health. Letting the Lord be the center and fighting against these powers that threaten and destroy. Another one is named depression. People struggle with that too. Every day, it's just dark. It's just heavy. And again, not simple, not easy, but to let the light of the Lord Jesus enter in, that there is light that there is hope, that there is every day a purpose and a direction, that the presence of the Lord can push back the darkness. So in, in all of these things, that that picture of David and Goliath, the giant that threatens, but the reminder that comes is that David continues to look to the Lord. And in the, the passage itself in all of the discussion that takes place david continues to focus on who god is and how he will trust in god and he stands in that strength so we make that again our focus as well that we can defeat giants in the strength of the lord jesus that we would ponder god's strength and continue to go forward in faith every day Doing things like Ephesians 6, putting on the full armor of God and being assured, as it says in 1 John 4, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We take hold of the strength of our faith in Jesus. Amen.